Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner Podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Kayla Mason. Whoa, you paused there. Yeah, if we, if we really want to get into it, that's because I forgot for a split second. What your I was name was? On you. No, for some reason I forgot. You forgot what your name was. No, that's not true. Anyway, we have a great episode for you today. You better say your name. My name is, my name is Todd, the Todd father. Okay, and we this is a bonus episode because we, what we're dropping in two episodes in one week. What? And we are talking with Knox McCoy today. What? Knox has come out with a book called The Wonder. You mean the popcast, the popcast guy? Yes. <gasps> he is also the co-host of the popcast and the co-host of another one of our favorite podcasts, The Which Bible one? Binge. Oh, but he that's also right authored a book called The Wandering Years, and it's about how pop culture um, really shaped him and his faith as he was growing up. Uh-oh. So, uh, we're going to get into that. Is that, that allowed? We're gonna, That's like some John Chris we're gonna, stuff. We're going to get into that conversation later, um, but if you missed our conversation from earlier this week with Felina Hewitt, we highly recommend um, you go back and check that out, where we talk about contemplative spirituality. Go back and do that. Yes. Also, uh, check out our Learner's Corner recommended resource back there too because he doesn't remember what it was off no, the top of us right now it was the liturgist podcast okay. so proud of you there you go so we got a lot of resources we got a lot of things to check out lots of stuff going on whole week but as we mentioned we are going to be talking with uh knox McCoy. mccoy but before we get into that i just have a quick question for you todd i'm ready for it what is one of your favorite things in pop culture right now Kanye West, done. And without any further ado, here's our interview. With Hold Knox on. McCoy you have to I... say what your favorite is. <laughs> What's your favorite? No, no, no. You're not sneaking out like that. He has to ponder this. He's weighing his. Oh, no. It's, he's weighing it's it. It's not even difficult. Uh, I'm going to go with the TV show. One of my favorite things right now, Daredevil season three. Go watch it. And check out our episode today with Knox McCoy. Here we go. Well, Knox, we are so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Guys, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, you've you've recently come out uh, with a book called The Wandering Years, and it's all about how pop culture um, kind of shaped you and your faith as you were growing up. And so just as we're getting started, um, just tell us a little bit about, you know, what are some ways in which pop culture has shaped you and your faith as you were growing up? Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you don't know me, I was a pretty weird kid growing up. And uh, I remember, you know, growing up, going to church because I, I went to church my whole life and, and I watched people like do church well. And, you know, you can always tell the people who are like good at church. Um, like they don't feel the compulsion to open their eyes during prayers. They know the words to the hymns. I wasn't that kid. I didn't really like church, but like I recognized the value of church. So there was always this like fundamental tension of how do I get to the same place they are? Um, even though like I don't do the, the, the familiar track well, how can I accomplish that? So I don't know why, but I started to look to pop culture. I, I looked to books and movies and TV shows um, to try to arrive at that conclusion. And I, I, I know that's kind of untraditional, but like getting to do that uh, or, or, or trying that terrain 
you know, it kind of taught me that God can resonate and intersect with us in places um, and arenas, you know, beyond the traditional church oriented, you know, establishments like I'd because just growing up, I'd gotten to a place where like if it didn't happen in Sunday school or on like a DC talk CD, then like I didn't understand how God was supposed to talk to me, you know, and like Mm -hmm. when you say that out loud, you're like, that's crazy. But you feel that so uh, tremendously in the moment. So, you know, this book was kind of an exercise in trying to tease that out a little more. Like, what if God could not just be confined to church? What would that look like? Mm-hmm. As you were growing up, what, what were some of the big things in pop culture that you were paying attention to and loved? Uh, obviously, you mentioned already your love for DC Talk. I mean, mm, that's right. <laughs> but what Guys, else? like when you got when when you got the Jesus freak <laughs> and the pages were like already kind of tattered, I was like, I don't know how art gets any better than this. Like this is officially the greatest thing ever. <laughs> but yeah, like I, you know, I looked at sports. Sports was a big one because I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, so obviously, you know, there was there's a lot of good you know, character traits to get from sports, but specifically like to, you know, more traditional pop culture. I mean, I, I started like, I started with He-Man, you know, and I talk about this in, in some of the book, I liked watching He-Man and being like, this is pretty clear. I know the good guy. I know the bad guy. Um, the bad guy's literally made of like skeleton bones and always wants to do bad things. So this is really easy to understand. So it really started to formulate that idea of morality and good versus evil, you know, and obviously that gets a little more nuanced, but, um, you know, m- moving even like just a couple years later, I'd watch Pee Wee Herman and I was like, okay, this guy, I don't really know what his deal is. There's a genie in his house. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I can tell like there's some complexity with life. There's a, there's a little bit of w- uh, room to wiggle around as you're trying to understand like what's good and what's bad. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, especially whenever it comes to, you know, Christianity or faith community, I think there's a little bit of uh, just resistance whenever it comes to allowing like pop culture to be a thing that influences your your faith. Um, like, have did you did you experience that at all? Like yeah, honestly, I mean, I still do, mm-hmm. you know, like because as you know, so we've got. Uh, we've got two podcasts. One is the podcast with Knox and Jamie, with my business partner, Jamie Golden. And, um, you know, we're both very, you know, devout, um, uh, charismatic believers. Like we don't shy mm-hmm. away from what we believe in. Um, and then when you try to reconcile, like, yes, I'm a Christian, but I do love pop culture. A lot of people kind of tilt their head and they're like, but like, but why? Like, how can you do that? Like, that's against the rules. Right. And, you know, I think because like when with you guys when you think of pop culture, like what's the thing, what, what is the, the preeminent thing that pops in your head when pop culture comes across your mind? Kanye West. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And is that like, is that a good connotation when you think of Kanye West? Uh, uh, depends on the day. <laughs> it's on the day. Right. Um, Especially not lately. Not lately so much. Yeah, uh, lately, but... That's a little weird. I'll, ch- I'll change my answer so that it's not as controversial. <laughs> And then I'll let you have the mic here in a second. I just have one thing to say. Um, I think it's Taylor Swift. Okay. Okay. Please, please tell me about the reference. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to let you finish. I'm a, I appreciate you letting me finish. See, I think those are perfect examples and I, because I think most people default to 
Um, not that those are superficial answers, but those are like the big preeminent answers, right? But what I think when you think about popular culture, it's like literally the things that are popular in mass mm-hmm. culture. So it's not a very niche thing or superficial thing. Like it's as uh, broad and complex as sports or um, reality TV. I think we th- we tend to think of the worst elements of popular culture, which isn't. Um, I don't I don't blame that, you know. But I I think to diminish it to that to like the real housewives of whatever i think you're i think people miss out on so much and i think if you had that if you ask me like why it is that we perceive pop culture to be so taboo i i would say i think and I'll, i won't paint with like a broad brush I'll, I'll keep it specific to my experience i think me and a lot of people i grew up with um i think we came to our faith primarily out of fear you know like mm-hmm. either f- fear of hell fear of social exclusion, fear of not having answers. And I think when that's the prism you enter into a system of beliefs, like you're already kind of upside down, right? And I think for a lot of Christians, you look at pop culture through the prism of fear. Like, I don't know, there are some bad elements. So I don't know if that's if the good elements are enough to redeem it. So I'm just gonna stay away completely. And that's mm-hmm. safe. And I like I don't I don't want to disvalue that or, or discredit it or um you diminish that choice, but I do think when you do that, you rob yourself of some really nice and good elements of pop culture. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the one of the ways where I absolutely uh, love it, uh, and you know, we were talking about the Bible binge, is so you cast each character as like a modern you and Jamie do as a modern uh, person, and it really it's amazing how much. Um, you know, it allow, it helps me picture the characters better. And especially if it's someone that I don't really know, um, you know, like either in pop culture or something like that, I'll usually Google it real quick and look at them. And it helps me visualize the story a lot better as well. I love that. See, like um, the Bible binge, man, that is a show that is so close to our heart. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, you know, it's that perfect synchronization for us of like being able to leverage pop culture and things that we all know about but allow it to help us better understand like something important like the Bible, right? Cause we talk about on the podcast, uh, we educate people on things that entertain, but don't matter, right? Like it's pop culture. It doesn't really matter. But then the Bible binge, we see that as like this, this can be really important or this can be very healing or this can be instructional or whatever. So I love the value of that common language, right? Like we all know um, who Denzel Washington is, right? So then when we cast Denzel Washington as a Bible character, um, that's not to be sacrilegious or to be sensational. That's like, no, I want to know what this Bible character, I want to see him in my head. I want to know what he's doing. I want to really be embedded in the story because our wager is like, we think these Bible stories, I mean, I think there's a, I don't know, we think there's a biblical literacy that's lacking. Not because people are lazy or like millennials killed biblical literacy or, you know, whatever you want to say. I think it's just like sometimes the um, there's an anxiety with reading the Bible or thinking about the Bible or talking about the Bible. And it's like we want to reduce that anxiety because our wager is like God just wants us to enter into a conversation with him and not get so hung up on how we're talking or who we're talking about or in what like way we're talking but I think, you know, if we just allow ourselves to enter into that conversation and to read the Bible without the complexity of that anxiety looming over it, odds are some really good things are going to happen. And that's been our experience so far. So we're really 
we're really excited about the Bible bench. Yeah. Can you, so let's get into your book um, a, a little bit. Can, and so you wrote it, it's called uh, the, the Wondering Years. The, the, the Wondering Years. I love the name. <clears throat> um, why did you decide to write a book about pop culture while you were growing up? Yeah. You know, I think it really is that, um, I think when you, you know, like, like you, you summarize it, it's about pop culture, right? Cause that was the language I spoke as a kid. That's where I found that God would speak to me, the where I could understand God in a better way. I could watch a movie or listen to an album or read a book and God could use moments or characters or narratives and like reveal something about himself to me. Right. So like, that's really um, that that's really special to me. So I think the billboard is like God can use pop culture, which I agree with. But I think even more than that, the the impulse to write the book was born out of a thing of like, hey, God can use a variety of mediums and arenas to speak to you. And it's important to allow yourself, allow God, not box him in and allow him to speak to your heart and not throw these walls up or have these expectations of okay, God, it is 10 a.m. on a Sunday. What you got for me? You know? Um, so for me, it was pop culture. And I do think for other people, it can be like that. But I want to, you know, challenge people or give them the opportunity to liberate themselves from the ideology that it can only be this way. Maybe it's a thing that's very special and important to them or that speaks to their soul or ignites their soul, you know, on a, like maybe it's Hobby Lobby signs or, you know, whatever. I don't know. But like, I wanted to get that message out there that, hey, like reconcile with yourself, like where you what what's special to you and re- what resonates with you. And then maybe see if God's got something for you, because odds are I think he might. You have a specific story of a time when this was super, super relevant. I know that um, Caleb talked to mentioned some stuff earlier, but something where where it, it, pop culture was something that helped you to connect maybe faith in a, in, a, in a way that you might not have had otherwise. Yeah, you know, I think um, there's a chapter. I don't know what number. I can't remember, but there's a chapter where I talk about watching. Um, in 1989, I was seven years old. I watched the movie uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and then I watched uh, Turner and Hooch. And uh, you know, as a as a big dog guy, that was a tough year for me because um, spoiler alert: the dogs don't fare well in either movie. So that was very traumatic for me. But um, you know, it got that that like neatly dovetailed um thinking of dogs in the afterlife. Um that neatly dovetailed with like the the message of salvation and eternity that I was hearing at church and getting that message of like urgency not just for ourselves but for our neighbors. Um so I remember that kind of informing. And in the story I I talk about in the book, I talk about how uh all dogs go to heaven, which um if you watch the movie, you know that's actually not true because all dogs don't go to heaven. Um, it's very misleading, and I still have an issue with that like to this day. <laughs> but um, I felt compelled to like – I feel like my pastor's got the human side covered. I want to make sure all my neighborhood dogs – I want to make sure they're going to heaven because like they need to be led to salvation. You know, like Someone needs to be thinking about them and ministering to them. So it wasn't like exactly a bullseye hit. You know, I don't think I really – completely got the message God was trying to give me, but, um, it did really kind of inspire an idea of like reconciling. What do I think of eternity? What are the rules to go into eternity and what part do I play 
and intersecting with people and helping them get to eternity. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, no, it got it, you thinking. It totally does. It, exactly. That's a, probably a, a more succinct, better way to say it than than mine. Yeah. Love that. Well, the other the other podcast, and we've mentioned it a couple times. Um, so you are a special individual. Uh, you don't just do one podcast. Um, you do two. The other one we, and I think we've mentioned it so far, um, is called Popcast, mm-hmm, um, which right. you do with with your with your co-host Jamie. Um, so I wanted to, to to ask you about this, and I'm going to kind of uh, pivot it into back into the book. But uh, can you tell us the story about about you know starting that podcast and and why why was the choice pop culture? And then I'm going to I'll pivot it with a second question here in a minute about how that relates to the book. But can you just tell us first the story about about that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, I'll tell you the boring strategic version, and then okay. I'll tell you like the maybe the sexier version. <laughs> <laughs> the boring version was, I look, I've wanted to write a book since I was a kid. Um, and back in 2013, I had a book agent. We were pitching a book that looks a lot like The Wondering Years. No one wanted to buy it because they're like, you don't have a platform. So I thought, okay, well, I need to build a platform. So I try, I don't like, you know, intellectually, I don't have a lot of tools in the toolbox. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, I do like pop culture. Maybe I could do something with that. And uh, Jamie and I had been friends, um, you know, on the internet. And I knew she liked pop culture as well. So the that's the boring version. The sexier version is, you know, we both um, thought it was hilarious that we'd listen to these podcasts or these shows or whatever. And people would talk about pop culture in like these breathless, weighty, lofty <laughs> academic terms. And we were, we're sitting there like watching the bachelor and we're like, I don't know, these ladies are getting drunk. So like maybe they can get married to a guy for three months. This just doesn't feel that serious. You know what I'm saying? So we are like, <laughs> what if we did a show that gave pop culture some aspects of pop culture the proper respect, you know, it's due, which is not a, not a ton. Um, and we started doing it, and we had a really good time. I think we tapped into a certain um, aesthetic that wasn't out there about pop culture, about people not taking themselves seriously and being self-deprecating, but also like not taking the content they're consuming super seriously either. So, you know, that was five years ago. I think we just celebrated. Um, uh, our five-year anniversary of starting the show, um, got to spin off the Bible binge and have been able to parlay it into live shows and, you know, other things. So it's, it's been a fun time. Now, have you guys received pushback, you know, both of you being Christians and stuff like that of, uh, of two Christians that kind of, maybe people say, you know, you're celebrating pop culture. I mean, is, is that something that you guys hear or is it more of, you know, we love the fact that you're, um, we love the fact that you're you're willing to talk about this. You know, it's it's been a little of both. I think um, we. It's interesting because I do, I think some people probably I, I I would be silly to think a lot of people don't think that they haven't really confronted us with it. Like, how dare you celebrate this thing? You know, this godlessness or whatever. Um, I think more than anything, we get a lot of people who are like. Thank you. I also watch Mad Men, but I am a deacon at a church, and I'm I'm just tired of feeling like I'm going to hell because I just like to watch Don Draper drink. You know, like don't judge me. It's just a really compelling TV show. So it's it's. I think we've been 
allotted a lot of leeway um, because we're not celebrating it in like a this should take the place of God way. But we are saying, hey, it's okay to admit you do watch these things and there are some um, positive takeaways to spin from it. And honestly, I think we've gotten a lot of currency with people because we something we say repeatedly is that and this is something a mentor of mine told me. He said uh, humor breaks down walls so that truth can enter. And I think a lot of people, and this is especially true in my uh, childhood experience, a lot of people will just break your door down with truth and think that's that's enough. I gave them the truth of the gospel, so they should get saved and have eternal life. I don't need to follow up anymore. I, I specifically don't ascribe to that. I like the idea of building a relationship, and we think the humor and the comedic aspect of the shows allow us to do that. Uh, so we earn your trust. And then when we have something we feel like it's important or truthful or significant to say, um, you're open to it. People are like, okay, I'll listen to what you have to say to me on this serious topic now because you've done the work of establishing uh, some kind of upfront relationship that isn't just to get me to this other thing you want to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. Now, both through your book and through this podcast, really through both of them with different in different ways, um, do you think that Christians are missing the boat? when it comes to pop culture and, and the demonization in a lot of ways that, that um, a lot of churches, a lot of, uh, a lot of believers have. And, and if so, um, how can, you know, what can be done to begin to reverse that? Because I, I, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, that's a great question. I do. Um, I do feel like Christians are missing the boat. I feel like it's, it's a it's a lazy characterization of pop culture to be like it's all bad. There's nothing redeemable here. I, I a I just don't think that's true. And b I find that particularly hypocritical when the first move that most of Christian culture will do is to parrot popular culture, <laughs> parrot movies, parrot music. Like you've got your own satellite industry, and it's not even an ambitious industry. It's kind of um, I mean I don't know about y'all. To me like hearing the phrase like a Christian movie, Christian TV show, Christian music, that's kind of code for this is like regular stuff, but just not as good, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, there's, there's an ambition that's lacking that I don't feel <laughs> glorifies God, you know, but also I, like I said, I find it a little bit hypocritical to me. I always go back to look when Jesus was ministering and preaching, uh, he spoke in parables. He told stories, right? Now, he didn't have the uh, technology to shoot it and direct it and cast it. But I, for me, I find a lot of value in um, using stories and art to make a, a profound spiritual point. Now, yes, sometimes that is um, flagrantly um, you know, bastardized into bad ways and evil ways and gratuitous ways, and I don't appreciate those. Um, but I do think there are some versions, some iterations that are really – um, really, really spiritually profound. Mm -hmm. How has um, how has being in tune with pop culture, um, like what have been, what have you seen the benefits in in your life, whether it be in friendships or relationships, or literally, like what have you just seen to be the benefits of being in tune with what's happening in popular culture? You know, I think because uh, in in high school I did the whole like. Very holier than now, kind of uh, super pretentious teenager 
thing, um, <laughs> which I was just I was just a, a, a real joy to be around um, <laughs> as a teenager, you know, and I and I noticed I didn't really um, I didn't have a lot of great relationships. I didn't really have a lot of great friendships because I must have looked like just this overwhelmingly obnoxious person to be around because I led with my faith. And that's not always a bad thing, but when you're belligerent about it, it like you don't earn any any credence with that. But I, I do think there's been an aspect of popular culture that it allows you a language to speak to, you know, and I hesitate to even say this because it makes it sound like anytime you talk to a non-Christian that it's not a conversational relationship you're pursuing. It's like an end game to get them somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's not that. It's really just like I like relationships. I like finding common ground with people. You know, I like being able to talk about uh, sports or a movie we saw and kind of finding out about somebody and see what they think and see what they value and what's important and what they prioritize. I think it's a little selfish to be like, no, like you need to tell me your favorite scripture. That's how we can be friends. I like the idea of, you know, using the language that the rest of the world uses, and maybe we can find some commonality there. Like, I think that's a, um, I don't know, a selfless act to try to access them on their territory or on, on their landscape and not always expecting people to to kiss the the Christian ring, you know, and come over to your territory. Yeah, definitely. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, what what are some of your favorite pulp, things in pop culture? Right now, whether it be movies, TV, music, books, any of that stuff. Oh, there's so much. There's so much going <laughs> just, on. Just, just, you know, just lay it all on us. Don't hold back. <laughs> you know, I think probably. Oh man, I've I've read. Let's see, two books I've recently read. I really liked. One's called Commonwealth. One's called Foe. Uh, they're like they're the story. One's a bigger story about a family. One's a smaller story about like a married couple. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the TV show on Netflix called Bodyguard. Uh, it's like a it's like a BBC show on Netflix. Um, I like Succession and Billions. They're about super wealthy people who make very bad decisions. Um, I'm watching Homecoming with Julie Roberts on Amazon Prime right now, and it's really creepy and good. You know, and I like. I'm not a huge reality TV show fan, but like I will fight people over the greatness of survivor i love survivor <laughs> so much what about you guys like what's your what's your thing if someone had to like crystallize you into one pop culture recommendation what are the things like you guys pound the floor for oh that's a good question um i know is <clears throat> yeah what i know secular hip-hop oh yeah that's definitely oh. true um <clears throat> I would I would say for me it probably boils down to like some sort of business books or productivity books or leadership books something oh, along yours those sounds lines. so much holier than mine. <laughs> hey, I'm just you know that I'm being truthful. <laughs> Listen, have you ever have you guys ever read uh it's like I think it's Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss? Yes. Oh my goodness, oh. I love that book. So like he's there's one it's named something similar like Tribe there's alliteration. Yeah, that that's it. Thank you. That's yes. it. Both of those they're so good. They're almost like so good and so gigantic that it's overwhelming. Yes. But like I have to keep myself from reading like 100 pages in a night, but it is man, I love that delivery mechanism of here's three pages of like the greatest thing you'll, you've ever the greatest advice you've ever heard in your life. Oh yeah. I I love it. I'm so I'm making my way through Tribe of Mentors right now. 
and I'm slow, I'm slowly but surely making my way through it. I think I've been working on it for like the past like three or four months. But you're right, it's absolute gold. It's like I'll try to dog ear a page with like a particularly good piece of advice, and I look back and like every other page was dog eared. I was like, well, this isn't helpful. <laughs> I haven't helped myself with this strategy right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. What? Uh, okay. Have Have you seen the the new show on Netflix, The Haunting of Hill House? Yeah, I like. So I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out the trailer. Uh-huh. You know, see if I need to make time for this. I made it 40 seconds and then like I ran out of my house. I was like, it's too much for me. And I'm not like a weenie with horror stuff, mm-hmm. but something about little kids talking like horror stuff that just kind of threw me. So I had to tap. <laughs> See, out. I am. I don't do horror stuff. Okay. I don't, I can't do it. I've never been able to do it. I'm with you. It's, it's tough, but like that particularly, but I've heard really good feedback on it. Oh, so I, 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 I exorcist. And that I'm done. So that's too much for me. But the, yeah. I like the haunting of Hill. I like the haunting of Hill House. It's really good. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's, I will accept that recommendation, but I will never act on it. Out of respect, though. It's like it's like a scary version of This Is Us. Oh, you just made me want to watch it so much more now, and I, listen, I don't know that I'll be listen, able to. The so I'm I'm not huge into scary things too, but. Um, but what I did was I just watched it in the daylight. Like I wasn't going to bed and I like, and I like <laughs> siphoned myself off. So I'd be like, okay. Cause I didn't want to get too scared of, of it. So I would like watch an episode or two and then I would be done and I wasn't going to watch it at night at all. So you're like standing in the middle of a Starbucks at like 10 a.m. <laughs> yeah, That's a good exactly. strategy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He watched it at high noon with all the lights on. <laughs> very oh, smart that's yeah. a veteran move right there <laughs> oh now, yeah now i know for the for this next question i, I know what i, I kind of the thing that impresses me so much is actually how much influence different people have over culture in general i think of um uh kylie jenner sending out a tweet and influencing stock prices mm. uh, i think about well, I, I made a joke about Kanye earlier, but, you know, the influence that he wields right now, um, particularly in conservative circles with with some of his political remarks. So it, it amazes me how some folks can influence culture. But who do you who are you looking at right now who, who is really influencing things as it pertains to, to, to culture? That's a good question. You know, I'm I'm interested I'm really interested in I, I feel like it was a couple weeks ago. It's less like a specific person, but more the gradual realization of celebrities that the the I don't know, fourth wall has been removed and they can interact directly with the people who love them. Like watching Taylor Swift finally say something political and people registering to vote. Like that's fascinating. Like forget what you think about who she's uh, endorsing. Just that level of influence to be like, I say this one thing and that convinces people uh, to do something. That's super fascinating. And I feel like we're going to we're, I, I mean, honestly, I feel like we're in the middle of um, celebrities finally realizing um, the power of their own platforms, not needing, you know, publicists, not necessarily needing public relations firms. They can just kind of like, oh, I want to do a podcast and explain 
my side of the story. You know, it's yeah. really it's a really yeah. interesting development. Yeah, yeah because they have, in, they have Instagram stories and they have Twitter. Yeah. So why why hire someone to yeah. craft a message? You can just do it yourself. Yeah. Right. And, and, and LeBron, you can talk and it's YouTube. Yeah. Well, and LeBron James is maybe the best example of that yeah. because, you know, he he really just went and said, I'm just going to go create my own media company and do what I want to do. And I know like some people hate that, but I, you know, the thing I respect so much about LeBron James is from, I don't know, age 15, the way of the world has been on him. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's had like one slight misstep with the decision, yeah. you know, with televising that, but even that, I mean, he gave the proceeds to the boys club, you know? So it's like, it wasn't like he got busted with a DUI or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's always answered the bell and I don't think you can probably quantify how difficult that is mm-hmm. in the, in the age of social media. I don't think he gets enough respect for that. I just think he's, I think he's incredible. Agreed. Love LeBron, even though he left the Cavs. I'm still with him. I still support him. Are you are you a Cavs guy? I am. Yeah. Oh yeah. What do you think about the idea of J.R. Smith just becoming a player coach? Just really <laughs> that thing up. Did you see the did you see the Instagram <laughs> post he put up today throwing shade? No, I didn't. I haven't seen oh, today. Go, you need to go at some point quickly. Throwing shade. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. it. Failed though. It was failed though. He puts a picture up of just one of probably somebody who's part of his honor, his entourage, and he's like, you know, real recognizes real. Um, you know, oh, loyalty I, ain't I, never I, looks so great. Word up! I got a crew full of real. Mm, who are you talking yeah. about, Jr.? Yep. <laughs> who are you talking about? <laughs> Listen, honestly, this is secretly my favorite part of celebrities leaning into their influence that they don't have like the craft of a PR firm that when they get like saucy with somebody, it just comes out on Instagram and we all get to watch it. <laughs> yep. Oh, oh it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it. it. <laughs> uh, where are some places that you go to learn about pop culture? Like you wake up in the morning, your, your feet hit the floor, maybe even before that, maybe on your phone. Mm. Um, where, what are their websites or their podcasts or their articles that you're reading? Where are you going? You know, I don't, sadly, I don't listen to a lot of pop culture podcasts because I'm afraid of cannibalizing their content or like I'm subconsciously repurposing it. And I don't want to do that. Um, I, you know, I read a lot of AV club. I like to watch something and then read about it and like, see, usually they're a lot smarter than I am. So I'm like, Oh, I didn't even notice that, but that's a great point. Um, I, I'll go to up rocks a lot. And the mm-hmm. place I've been going to lately that I really like is The Ringer. I feel like The Ringer oh. is like the perfect oh, yeah. That's Caleb's life. thing. Yes. Um, like, I've been a Bill Simmons guy uh, since I went to college. And I, I consume all his podcasts. I love that dude. Um, oh, you're, yeah. You're speaking my love language right now. I've, okay. that, that's one of my favorite po- his, his podcast mm. specifically. Like I, love, like I love listening to Binge Mode too. That's yes. another one that I like. I'm currently making my way through all the Harry Potter episodes right now. Um, but I love I love the Bill Simmons podcast. Tom and I were just talking about before we got on here, um, his interview that he did with Quavo from Migos. Oh, see, I haven't, I haven't listened ago. yet. I've got it oh. queued up. Okay. <laughs> hey, and I want to say I will take full credit for teaching Caleb who Migos is. <laughs> <laughs> 
was there like a whiteboard and a flow chart? Like was it like was it an intensive process? There was a long drive to Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, and that's about as long as you need. That's about the right span of time you need to explain that out. Yep. Yep. Todd has all the credit for that. That's awesome. I will credit for that. Again, secular hip hop is my <laughs> oh my this is ridiculous hey uh back back to um what we were saying a little bit ago what's what's a piece of um what's a piece of pop culture that that you've looked at and you've thought man this is something that that i've learned you know from it like i'll, g- I'll give you an example real quick um and this won't be too much of a spoiler alert um, but like for the haunting of Hill House, one of the things that I didn't expect to learn a lot about it was the importance of um, of family dynamics and how different family dynamics and the importance of learning to grieve well. Mm. That's good. Okay, that's good. Let me. Okay, I'll, I'll double down on that family vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was maybe this was a little longer, maybe like a year or so ago. Uh, but taking my kids to see Coco. Have you guys oh, seen Coco? Yes. Okay, but just like watching Coco and looking at, I don't know. Well, first, I think I loved, I mean, I would love to say like I'm an intentional parent like this, but I loved taking them to a movie that didn't have the traditional um, worldview. Like I had to explain Day of the Dead. And mm-hmm. I liked having, I like forcing them to be like, hey, not everyone's white like us. And yeah. sees the world like us. Like there's a whole nother thing out there. And that's good for you to know about. But really going through the idea of um family, the importance of family, the importance of legacy, the importance of um trying to respect your family, trying to be your own person, but also within the context of the greater family structure. I thought that was such a well done, like uh ambitiously executed movie. Agreed. Love it. Todd, how about you? What's what's something in pop culture that you've learned right now, or that you're learning from right now? Um, for me, I <laughs> there's so I have to filter things right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm going through all of the inappropriate ones that I can't say. Um, I'm there with you. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I got one. Um, and, and I think that it's, I think that it's, it's a huge lesson. I was just talking with, with somebody about this last night. Um, it's, 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 it's about politics, which. If careful. Culture, Whoa, careful. Yeah. Which <laughs> pop culture and politics right now are so closely intertwined that it's hilarious. But uh, um, it, it's so funny because both sides right now, both the Democrats and the Republicans uh, are both, it's like, it's like um, this is what I was I was talking last night about. It's like a, the parent who walks into the room and you know both of your kids have just been fighting, mm-hmm. and but you didn't see it, and they're both screaming at each other and at you, trying to convince you that the other one is in the wrong, mm-hmm. and you end up just telling them both to go sit down, and you're left to figure out what happened, and you literally have nothing to work with, and you're just it's the whole thing's making you so tired. Yeah, like I'm you, just so tired from both yeah, of you. 
Yeah, and it's like, why don't you both just go take a timeout? And I think that what's interesting right now in culture is that you're seeing a lot of folks just go, you know what? I'm just tired, and I don't even feel like thinking through this. The first, and, and you know, honestly, the first person who isn't a complete loon will win my vote. Like, and I think that the more people I talk to, the the more that I'm hearing that sentiment. And so right now, what I'm what I'm really learning is that honestly, um, the loudest person does not, not always win if both people in the room are being loud. Hmm. Wow. And so, uh, Knox, just as we're uh, kind of wrapping things up here a little bit, or like moving towards that direction, um, for for the person who is, um, you know, hesitant or just wondering, um, like, why why should I pay attention to this? What what would you say to them? What would you say to them if they're wondering, you know, what why should I why should I pay attention to pop culture? Why is it important for people to do that? Ah, uh, you know, I think I think for me. I always look at popular culture as it's a bit of a funhouse mirror of like regular culture and society. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a completely accurate lens or reflecting pool or surface or whatever, but I do think it um, it has a way of manifesting what's going on in and around the world. And I, I respect that interpretation. And I like um, I like a diversity of viewpoints on what is happening in the world because I, you know, my personality type. I'm very data and information driven, and I like taking in a lot of different perspectives because I trust myself to make a good decision. And I think, I don't know, if you if you if you consider yourself someone who is savvy and a good decision maker, I think it's okay to like expose yourself to some different viewpoints, um, some different interpretations of things, because it might help you see the world from a different perspective or in a more clear way. Mm-hmm. And so just as we're wrapping up, we always have a few questions that we always love to ask all of our guests on the podcast. And the first one is, what's one thing that is helping you either personally or professionally right now? I'm going to say, I'm going to say three, but they're like, they work as one. Yeah, so I hope that it. counts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got a whiteboard, I've got a cork board and I've got no cards and those things like anything creative I'm trying to do. I use all three of those. You know, that's like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost for me, creatively. <laughs> I'm using them all. They complement each other. They're bringing me grace and fulfillment and all that good stuff. But, like, that is when I'm trying to, like, break an idea or plan, like, the next four weeks of production, I use those elements. I, I find that the simpler the elements, the the better it is for me or the more easy it is for me to execute it. So talk talk a little bit more in like do, like how to use the whiteboard, how to use the cork board, the note cards, all that stuff. Like what does that look like? So I use the yeah, I'll so I have uh different color markers and I'll do like things I got to do that day, things I got to do that week, things I have to do for that month, right? And then with the note cards, I'll kind of broadline that idea on the note card on the online section and then I'll flip it over on the line section and write into detail like how I've broken that idea how I need to execute that idea. So if it's a chapter, if it's an episode of the podcast, um, if it's something with the Bible binge, that's where I get really in the nitty gritty. Cause like for me, the, um, I, I'm not one of those creatives. that's like, I just, you know, need wine and like the mountains and I'll create mm-hmm. genius. I'm like, no, I got to have structure and routine and like an outline. And that helps me get super creative. I love that. I really do. 
I'm always trying to figure out how to use tools better. Okay. Oh, <laughs> I'll edit that part out. It's my turn to ask a question. <laughs> Fail. All right. Re-engage. What advice would you give to someone who is eager to learn? Um, you know, something um, one of my teachers when I was really early told me uh, was readers make leaders. And she was like, you have to you have to read to understand. And when you have that information, you can understand better. You can make better decisions. So like with our kids, I'm trying to encourage them. It's hard in this digital age to be like, no, just sit down and read like mm -hmm. a, a paper book. That sounds crazy. But I think. I don't know, like the compulsion to get on a phone, like there's so much information on your phone, but it feels like the habit or mechanism of accessing that information, um, it's like short circuited or it's not, I don't know, prone to good things. It's prone to just like hit getting that dopamine hit of like newness, but you're not really registering like the depth and the breadth of that information. Um, so for me, it I know it sounds kind of simple and boring, but like read, read an actual book file that stuff away put your phone down i love that um if you could have everyone learn one thing now that one thing could be how to interpret celebrity tweets mm. or it could be something philosophical tactical spiritual what would that one thing be as much as i would want it to be like being able to interpret um, shady tweets and like who it's targeted at between celebrities. I feel like there's a lot of money in that. Probably, I would say, you know, the we have like a almost like a mantra in our house that we say because more often than not we violate it, and it solved the problem before it becomes a problem. Um, and I'm the worst offender of this. I'm I'm the like hope. The the other saying we say is hope is not a plan, and I, I frequently. Uh, am the guy who's like, well, I hope it'll work out. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure that bill will pay itself, even though I have no structure to do that. Um, but like, I, what we found is like, if you're doing that, if you're taking care of things before they become a problem that prop up on your radar, odds are life is going to be a lot easier for you. And then finally, what are you learning right now? Um, you know, sadly, I'm learning about uh, failure. I'm learning, you know, I've I've come off the season where I've realized a dream of writing a book and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm helping market it and talking about it with people. Um, but I've let that busyness kind of get in the way of some priorities. So I'm learning about um, focusing on my weaknesses right now. And like my goal for 2019 is to make those weaknesses a strength. Mm hmm. Well, Knox, thanks so much for being on the Learner's Corner today. If people want to continue to learn from you, you know, or uh, or get the book, where's the best place for them to go to do that? Yeah, so I am, you can find me on social media, just at Knox McCoy, that's K-N-O-X-M-C-C-O-Y. Uh, I do a weekly newsletter called Sectional Healing. Uh, it's just uh, at knoxmccoy.com slash newsletter. Um, for the book, so you can go to the wonderingyearsbook.com. Uh, if you go there, you can read the first chapter for free. It's about the first time I got punched in the face when I was 10 years old. Um, or if you're more of a listener, you can listen to the first two chapters for free 
uh, from the audiobook that I read. So um, it's a great way if you're like, I don't know, I still don't know about this guy. You can get a good sample of what the book's about. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks so much, guys. This was a lot of fun. Okay, Todd. My goodness. That was such a fun conversation. What? It was. What is something that you took away from it? I think one of the big things that I took away from it and also from the book is that uh, as as believers in Jesus, as Christ followers, if you will, we shouldn't be so scared of, of pop culture. And I think that there, that there really is. I think that it should be placed in its proper context. And I think he said something that was brilliant when he said, you know, I'm not, I'm never advocating that it takes the place of Christ or I'm not ever advocating that it's as even as important as, as faith or as Christ. And, and I think that that's true. I think if it's placed in its proper context, it's actually a fun thing. Yeah, I, th- I think um, completely, completely agree. I think the, and this goes along with what you were saying too, that um, that we need to be more observant whenever we're hundred percent. Whenever we're whatever media or pop oh, yeah. culture we're consuming, whether it's yep. whether it's music, and actually, li- actually, listen. Like, yeah, I know it's got a great beat, but are you listening to the lyrics and the story that's happening in the song, or what's? But the, it's Migos, bro. Or what's the theme? Of uh, or what's the theme happening in this TV show? But it's or T this, Grizzly, man. Or in this, or in this movie, stuff like that. But it's Game of Thrones, my dude. <laughs> oh my. Oh, okay. We'll take us home. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to this episode today. And if you enjoyed this episode, the best way to make <clears throat> sure that you don't miss our next episode is by subscribing to our podcast on whatever podcast player you use. Yep. And next week, we have a phenomenal conversation with Robin D'Angelo. And we're going to be talking with her about, um, about really her research and wor- work into why into white fragility, why it's so difficult for white people to have conversations. You're not going to want to miss it. It is a can't miss episode. Also, leave us a rating and write a review of the podcast. It's the best way to help us to continue to expand these conversations also um like i said just don't forget to uh, subscribe to the podcast also let us know let us know what pop culture that you're learning from Do it. right now thank you so much for listening to today's podcast episode my name is caleb mason my name is not caleb mason it is todd Ixenbaugh. and until next time keep learning and keep growing deuces y'all